The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg, and of course, the beginning of the season is upon us. Yes, in a short week. That's right, a week away. Monday Night Football. We will be facing the Ravens at home. We're going to hit on that and the negative bullshit, excuse me, going around about our flipping team. I just don't get it. Well, first, I'm going to start off with a little rant, and here it goes. You know, from Colin Cowturd to everyone on the NFL Network, um, besides maybe Nate Burleson, who's no longer on it, um, there's just a lot of negativity going around about the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they have to keep them relevant because they can't be too down on one team, although they are pretty down about the Jaguars, even though they got a new quarterback. They're down about a few teams in the league. Um, <laughs> and the Raiders are just happen to be one of them. And I just don't see it. Okay, I'm telling you, I am the most rational Raider fan on the waves anywhere. Rational. That's my middle name. And I see nothing but insane improvement in the defense. I mean, insanity is a good word because it's rapid. And I think it's it's not only rapid, it's prevalent. I think the attitude on the defense has totally changed. I think the defensive coordinator has won this defense, and I think it's going to be a top 15. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I just feel that's the way it's going to be. And I know everyone has got feelings. Casey Hayward and Gakwe. Gerald McCoy, now there's a story. This guy's a phenom, and he's got all the confidence in the world. Just listen to him. They always use Gerald is uh, getting their feet back under them. That's what you hear. Mm -hmm. Akeem Talib always uses that. So you played real minutes. You played. I did. Okay. So did you how, just tell me how did you feel? Uh, I feel great. You know, uh, first off, Colin, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, but I feel great, man. Um, you know, yesterday was my first real reps, and I've been taking reps here and there in practice and that started this week you know the first two weeks i've been there i haven't taken any reps in practice i've just been working out on the side doing individuals and this week i got a few reps so yesterday was my real first rep so everything was <laughs> tested my conditioning my strength uh my my legs endurance my feet my technique everything was tested yesterday and overall i felt great man i i didn't realize until i read something yesterday morning that I haven't played in a football game in 20 months, 20 months. And as a professional athlete, especially football, you could stop doing it for four days and lose it. Right. So 20 months, man, uh, to come out and do what I was able to do, you know, as far as like consistently, you know, getting off the ball, getting in the backfield, um, it felt great. So it, it, it's interesting. You've been on the Bucks, the Panthers, uh, John Gruden, all we see is TV. We don't see the meetings. We don't we don't see the film study. We don't see practice. What is Gruden like as a personality and as a coach? Uh, Gruden's a phenomenal coach, man. I, I I love him. You know, and what you see on TV, that's not a character. You know, this guy, he's just got all the personality in the world, and I believe that's why he was on TV for so long because what you've seen on TV is who he really is, and I believe that's what got him hired. But not only that, his work ethic. Um, he doesn't do anything on accident. Everything is strategic with all the moves he makes from the practice to the practice schedule to the guys he wants on his team to the guys who play week in and week out. And, you know, I just I love being around him. He's a, he's a real players coach. You hear that term all the time, a players coach. Now, he's a real players coach. He cares about his players. And most importantly to me. He takes care of his bits. I do appreciate that. Let, let me ask you this. A, a lot of people, you've been around this league now for a decade, a six-time pro bowler. A lot of people, myself included, look at the Raiders and say, I just don't know if they have enough playmakers defensively. It's a very good division with a lot of good quarterbacks. When you're around this team, you tell me, what kind of talent do you see? What kind of roster is this? Because John Gruden needs to start winning here pretty quick. 
Yeah, this is this is a more talented roster than you think. You know, you it, it, it's rare to come across a group where you have a defensive line where both defensive ends are double digit sack guys. Max Crosby has had double digit sacks. Yannick has had double digit sacks. Hey, that's very rare to come across where you have two guys like that. All right, you got a guy in uh, Jonathan Abram who's who's coming into his own. He he's learning more and more, and the things he's been doing in training camp. I think he's going to take the next step this year. You know, uh, our, our second round pick in Morick, I can I never pronounce his name right. I can never pronounce his name right. But I mean, he's he's coming off winning a college award, so he's he's no slouch, and he's been making plays all camp. He's been making plays all camp. And the thing I love about our 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 position group, let me. I don't want to even talk about our corners. You know. We got uh, Casey Hayward on one end, and 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 um, we got a, a new rookie who, if you guys haven't seen him, he's been making plays all preseason. He's he's he got a sack fumble in the first game. The next game he had a big play on the screen. The play uh, a few plays later he had a, a big interception. So we have talent, and the offensive side of the ball means like it, it is what it is. You see you've seen our talent. We have one of the top running backs. I think Derek Carr gets a bad rap for, you know, what, what has happened to him. He, he's much better than people give him credit for. I think he's a top quarterback, if you ask me. We have a top three tight end. Our offensive line is really good. We got Henry Ruggs. We have weapons on the offense. We have weapons on the defense. And the thing that's going to make this team great is the competition. Everybody's been competing. Everybody knows what everybody's saying. Everybody knows what's going on with everybody with the Raiders are doing this, John Gruden has to, we don't care. Everybody is competing. And what I truly believe is that this team is going to catch everybody off guard because we do have a lot of talent. And the competition that's been going on in the training camp has been phenomenal. And I'm excited to see it put all together on Monday night. By the way, uh, I thought Vegas should have gotten an NFL team years ago. It's eight, mm-hmm. nine, nine home games. I, I'm surprised hockey's been that popular. Uh, but the NFL, I thought, would be a massive hit. It's funny in Vegas. One of the things I always heard from people about the NFL, they said, man, with all these young kids in Vegas, we worry about them being distracted. Well, you're in Vegas right now. You're an older guy. But do you worry about Vegas, the casinos, the young kids? It's a fun city. There's a show every night. There's attractions every night. Do you worry? You know, in Tampa, it's pretty boring. In Charlotte, it's kind of boring. You go to Vegas, it's never boring. Do you worry about that? Mm-mm. No, I don't. I think that's what it goes back to the type of coach John Gruden is. He 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 has a great handle on that, and that's where people like me come in. When you bring in vets who have seen you know so much in the league, you could take those young guys under your wing, and and Max Crosby and Yannick and Derek Carr, and we're, we're it's going to take us, the guys in the locker room to keep control over all of that. If you see somebody getting out of hand or somebody, the focus has swayed away from what our focus should be. And that's getting that trophy. Then it's going to be on the vets to, you know, bring it back to center. But we have a great group, man. I'm not really concerned about the big city. I mean, it's nobody. I mean, guys, they have their fun, but no, I'm not really concerned about it. By the way, do you think with your performance this weekend, Gerald, that you made the Raiders? Do you believe you made the team? Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, I, I I believe I showed that I could still play, you know, with not having played football in that long and to go out there and to consistently get off the ball the way I did, consistently be in the backfield and uh, disrupt things. You know, that's what they that's really what it's about. You know, before I got injured, I was I was under contract for three years with the Cowboys. So it's not like people were concerned about can I play? I don't think that was a concern. The concern was, can he come back from a, you know, a devastating leg injury at his age? And I believe that I showed that I can and that I did. But, you know, I haven't had any practice time. Yesterday was my real first reps. So I'll get better with time with more reps and getting back in my groove. Good seeing you, Gerald McCoy. Raiders defensive tackle, silver and black. Good seeing you, Gerald. Excellent. Great seeing my family. All right. Let's not let's not make it so long before we talk again. Yeah, okay. You can watch him play our last preseason game, and he was a mauler. Hasn't played for twenty months. 
some crazy amount of time. We got K.J. Wright. He is a fierce, fierce linebacker that can play all three positions. I know you played, you know, a few roles throughout your career at different linebacker spots, and the Raiders are a little bit shorthanded with the injuries. What do you kind of envision your your role being in that linebacker course early on? Uh, I would say to play the auto position, and if he needs me at any other positions on nickel, to know it and play that at a high level. And so I pride myself on knowing all three positions. I've done them throughout my whole career, start at Sam, Mike, and Will. And so whatever the coach needs me to do on Sundays and Mondays, I'll be there for him. You're so familiar with this defense. How would you describe, if somebody asked, what's the auto position in this defense, just a, a layman, what, how would you tell them? The auto position is the guy that's on the ball, off the ball, buzzing to the flat, setting edge, making plays in the open field, communicating, helping the mic out, setting the front. He's just a guy that's just a, that just does everything. Blitzes come off the edge. And so he's a guy that, that does a lot, a lot of dirty work, a lot of open field tackles. And so you got to be a baller out there. What makes the scheme, the scheme go? What makes it so successful? It's just simple. It's simple. You got the call. You got the, the the stuff up front, just execute it. And so Gus not go, you know, he don't throw too much at us. We just want to play fast. That's what the, the good defenses do. You seen Gus throughout his whole career. He's at the top uh, when it comes to you know total points and um, just turnovers. And so you get what you emphasize with um, Coach Bradley. You got to make sure we execute what he wants. Lots of guys who've played for Gus genuinely love him off the field as a man. What is it about him that draws you guys to him? I would say that he cares. Gus really cares about you. And, you know, I, we was talking about dogs. He, he bought a dog some years ago. He asked me, what should he name his dog? And, you know, he knows all my kids. And, you know, asked him how they're doing in school. And so you can look in people's eyes and tell that they care. You know, you just got to look and you look in people's eyes. Gus got that look. And so um, he's somebody that I always love playing for. And uh, he works his tail off. He's always in this building, making sure that this defense is going to be on point. And um, a guy like him, you know, deserves to be in, in this building, you know, head, head coach one day again. Former team interviewers that you have now here again is uh, Quentin Jefferson. Have you talked to Quentin a lot since you have been here? And he's have you done a lot? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Q was calling me all, all, all offseason, man, telling me, uh, hey, man, you need to get out here, man. We'd love to have you. And so I was like, I want to make it happen. And so with Q, just uh, to see him, to see Q even grow over the years. And I, I was with Q when he was a rookie. To see where he is now as a pro and uh, making plays the way he is. You know, somebody that, that, you know, he called me all offseason, tell me he'd love to have me. He's a great teammate, great friend of mine, and so I'm glad I could play with him again. And he knows Gus Bradley and his defense. We have three veterans in three phases of the defense that know Gus Bradley's system. Know it, live it, ate it, drank it, lived it for years. And so now our young players understand the simplified defense, which I think is going to be 150 times better than it was last year. And guess what? Our offense has improved. And you want to talk all day about the offensive line that we lost? You want to talk about that? I think that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit because they weren't that good. They were okay. I think our offensive line that we have now will blow that offensive line away. And it'll be noticed immediately. That's my opinion. They're younger they're stronger, they're as big, if not bigger, and for sure, freaking meaner. And that's what you need your offensive line to be with Kenyon Drake. This team has a one-two punch like Gardner and Wheatley used to be, just like that. And look at what we did as far as that goes. And then with our short game, we got the best tight end. I don't care, you can call him the second best. He's the best in my book. But Waller's a beast. He can block. He can chip a, top, a defensive end and go out and make a first down. I mean, this is the team that everybody thinks will be the last in the AFC West. I don't get it. I don't get it. We beat the Chiefs 40 to 36 or whatever the hell it was, 32. But we don't only beat them by points, but we pummeled them at home. The only team in the NFL to show the the guts and the talent to do so. I don't get it. I don't get it. This team should not be rated so low. We're five and a half point dogs at home in our first game. That's bullshit. And I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm trying to be real, man. 
I think Cleland, the feral cat, is going to show up big time because he has a supporting cast. You know, we have a much deep, we have nine defensive linemen in a rotation that is going to be great. They figured it out the defense. We will be way better. And guess what, folks? Our offense is going to be better. Our defensive backs are going to be amazing. Wait till you see Morig play. We already have Hobbs. Nate Hobbs has been a guy that's got a lot of attention this this training camp. Uh, fifth round pick. What did you guys go? What was the mindset going into getting him, and, and how happy have you been with him? I'll tell you a cool story, and this is kind of what I think scouting is all about. Um, and in our building, where the coaches are so involved, it's even a better story. Um, so uh, I got a call from one of our cross-check scouts after the Illinois Pro Day, and he said, Mike, do me a favor and put your eyes on Nate Hobbs. He just – Ran 4.45, he jumped 41 inches, he tested better than we thought he was going to test, and I'm not sure if we got the right grade on him. We had a good, we had a good don't get me wrong, we had a pretty solid grade on him, but we, I, I want to make sure he's not getting lost in the cornerback shuffle. So I got off the phone and literally put his tape on right there, and I was like, man, he, he competes, he's tackle, he tackles, he's tough, he's a three-year starter in the Big Ten, he was an outside corner almost predominantly. And he played special teams. I mean, this was a hard-nosed, tough guy. And he just ran 4.45 and jumped 41 inches. So I literally got out of my chair. I spent about two hours watching him, got out of my chair, sprinted downstairs to the second floor, grabbed Ron Miles, defensive back coach. And again, every building's different. Trust me, I spent 18 years in NFL Network being in all all the buildings. And everybody does their jobs differently. Uh, We're a coach-driven building with our scouts. So I run downstairs, say, Milo, Get your eye on this guy, please, okay, and tell me what you think today. He comes running back up in about an hour and a half. We got something. He said, I think, you know, this this kid will compete at nickel. And he was an outside guy. And the reason we thought he could compete at nickel was how tough he was, okay, his quickness and his toughness. He, He rarely missed tackles, a very aggressive kid. So when you talk about moving outside to inside, that's what you're looking for. A, you got to be a quick processor, which was the – we can't tell whether he was or not at, as an outside corner. But B, you better be quick and you better be tough. And he was, he was those things. So all of a sudden, now we kind of push him up the board a little bit more. The coaches like him. The scouts like him. Uh, we got him on a Zoom call. And he knocked it out of the park. And what our coaches do is they challenge him pretty hard mentally. They give him some of our Raider verbiage, and they push it out and challenge it back. He got all the concept, concepts immediately. I was on the Zoom call. I saw it. It wasn't like I, I heard about it. I, I was on the call. He got all the concepts. The coaches drilled him. He got an A-plus on that drill, and we're sitting back there going, okay, what's wrong with this picture? Three-year starter in the Big Ten, tough competitive every one of our scouting grades on them with with competes and toughness was at a high end so i I think the cool part for me is seeing it come together it started with the trigger from the cross checker to tell me to get my eye my eye on him it went from there down the milo it then it went to the zoom call and then it was the whole group getting together saying we got to get this guy you know where is he probably going to go league value and at what point do we have to pull the trigger We've got defensive backs that are just amazing, and they've just started to put it together this year. We had no offseason when these guys got drafted. Arnett, they were like wild horses thrown out to play. But it's it's just that's not this year. And no one else, I guess, including Vegas, has given him a chance, and I just think that's a freaking mistake. Uh, and I'm with you, uh Steve, Raiders Steve in Vegas, because I just think put your money on the Raiders because they're going to show what we've done. And what we've done is no joke. And if you examine what we've done and see how it fits together, I feel the only the only weak spot in our team now, I think, is the special teams. And that I still am not sold on because I haven't seen anything about it. But the defense I've seen pictures of and the offense I know can make it happen. We did it last year. We can do it better this year. I don't get it. There's no reason we should be fourth in our division. It's stupid. I just don't get it. Colin, 
You are a cow turd for saying such nonsense. Your pyramid of success is like a... <laughs> I don't even know what to tell, tell you it is. But let me just tell you this. We are going to be a much better team than last year. We have a tougher schedule. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We have the team and the players and the coaches to make it through this season. And I want to say, yes, if we get some good turns, we could definitely make the playoffs. No one gets hurt. And we have some real good luck in here in a few games. We're going to playoffs. Yes, because I think we're that deep. We're that good. We're that improved. We're young. And there's a million reasons. Here's another reason. These guys practice at 7.30 in the morning in Las Vegas, okay, we're talking in the fall. Well, you know what? It's it's at 7.30 in the morning. It's like 99 degrees outside. It's almost 100 early in the morning in Las Vegas. Trust me. I've been there many times. If you have at this time of year, you know what I'm saying. So they're practicing in the heat anyway if they're not inside. That to me means their conditioning is going to be off the hook better. It's harder to work in the heat. It's harder to get that workout in. I just think I just think um, this team, for every reason, has made some great moves in the offseason, have cut some fat on the offensive line that I thought was fat. I just thought it wasn't productive. I mean, the second half of the season, we couldn't get the running game going to save our life. And it was all starts up front. All starts up front. So I think that's going to change. Um, we're looking at a great season. We got some great safeties. We got some amazing players. And it's going to show. Everyone is going to be surprised and flapping their gums about the Las Vegas Raiders. Trust me on this. I'm telling you. been saying it for a while, but I see it. I mean, every reason I tell you. There's another reason. They moved last year. So moms, dads. Kids got into school. You know, there's a lot of players that changed out of here. But when people came here, they had a plan. They had a direction. Everything is settled. The stadium, where you go, where you park, where everything is settled. So that turmoil of initial season is over. This is now the Las Vegas Raiders home field. It feels like home. It's going to be home. When that face place is freaking filled up on Monday flipping night, September 13th, the only game that night, by the way, we're going to show why the Las Vegas Raiders deserve respect because I think the Ravens are going to be flipping, kicked in the teeth. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm meaning. So my rant's over. Long one for sure. But I had to get it all out there because I am tired of hearing crap about how shitty the Raiders are going to be this year. I just don't see it. From last year, I don't see it. We didn't lose anything. We gained. How can you gain and go backwards? Not going to happen. Not going to happen to us this year. You can put that in the bank. And that is all I have to say about that. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Raider Greg... Raider Greg. Well, Randy, let's hear a little taste of that. <laughs> I love it. And nobody's jumping ship, but I got my life preserver. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's do a little post game, and I mean very little. <laughs> I'll call it an hors d'oeuvre. You know, aren't hors d'oeuvres sweet? little piece of cheese and a little piece of meat. That's all it is. So that's what this is. The 49ers game. Last preseason game. A yawn fest, if there ever was one. I feel bad for Nate Peterman because he was out there with nobody doing, you know, doing the best they could do, which was fine. But I just cannot stop but think. I can't help but think about Son of Rat. Yes, Shanna Rat. Yes, 
Another Shanna rat there in San Francisco is cheesy rat smile and his cheesy rat, you know, he's got an attitude. It's like he's the little guy in school. Something happened to this guy. But uh, not a big fan. They were all hyped up because they beat us so bad, but they played their first string most of the game. So <laughs> we played our last string all of the game. So there you go. End of that because it was ridiculous. Uh, I guess we figured out who we were going to keep. Um, and I'm glad we kept Gerald McCoy. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, September 13th, Monday Night Football, the only two teams playing that night. The Las Vegas Raiders welcome the Baltimore Ravens to the Death Star. Last season, the Ravens had a record of 11-5, and and they were on fire. Very interesting team. They play a very different offense. Defense is pretty strong and has been for years. And that AFC North division, which we play this year, we got to play the Steelers, which were 12-4, the Browns 11-5, and, and the Ravens 11-5. Not an easy schedule, to say the least. But back to these Ravens. Now, the Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point dog to the Ravens coming into our house. First-time fans have been there, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it'll be Raider Nation to the roof. This will make the biggest advantage that the Raiders have had. I just can't ever remember. I don't think they've ever had a home advantage quite like this. Uh, Those third downs are going to be brutal. And I mean brutal for the Ravens. I'm loving it. That 12th man is going to make a huge difference. I don't know why they're not counting it, but I'm counting on it because I know what it gets like without a roof. It's going to get nuts with a roof. Now the Ravens, as a a team, classically start off on the slower side the first quarter of the season. Now their first game, they have great odds on that I have to say. But the first quarter of the season... They're kind of a slower starting team. That's what's been proven. Along with, they have three brand new offensive linemen. Oh, well, go figure. All they talk about is our revamp line. Seems like everybody has got a new offensive line. They got three new players. One of them is injured. So that's something to think about. They have Peters and Humphrey at the back. They're great defensive backs and they're top in the league. I think they're top five uh, tandem. So it's going to be tough to get those long balls out there. But I think with Ruggs and Edwards, we can stretch the field and pick off their tender underbelly, which will be the middle, the middle of the field. Um, I think that's an important thing for us to do is keep moving the football. Now, the Ravens last year did not have a good run defense. There was around 18th, I believe, last season. I believe this year with our new line and Kenyon Drake, we will run the ball and control the clock, which is what I think is what we're going to try to do to win this game. Control the clock, keep the Ravens offense off the field, score, but don't score too fast, but score every time you get the ball. And I mean score touchdowns. This is something we have to start early and often in Las Vegas. Now, Lamar Jackson is going on 2,000-yard seasons running <laughs> as a quarterback. That's pretty crazy. And his arm's not too bad either. Last year, he was 26 touchdowns for nine interceptions. That's a deadly, deadly duo when you talk about a running offense. Their offense is going to be a hard-running offense. And trust me, they can do it, and they've done it to to us before. However, 
We have a new defensive line, and Gus Bradley's defense is very flexible, especially when it comes to that run. I think we're going to have a much better season when it comes to stopping the run this year as opposed to the last two years because this defense is structured completely differently. And the Ravens have been a top three running offense for the last three years. I mean, they can run the frickin' football, and they've done it to us before. I believe our offense has enough potency and enough power um, to get the job done. One question whether Derek Carr is going to get swallowed in the pocket um, because our offensive line isn't quite ready. That could happen. I hope he doesn't get injured. The other scenario I thought about, and I've got to be honest, is he could get injured this year. and But we got Mariota, who should be able to come in here and just pick it up and keep going. And that's my... I feel comfortable with our backup quarterback. I feel very comfortable with the fact that something happens to the car. We got someone to take care of it. But I'm hoping that they learn how to roll the pocket for Derek. I'm hoping they learn how to protect him from right to left, because this defense is very special. They will take you down, and I mean downtown. And uh, we don't need those kind of injuries, but the Ravens can give them to you, and we don't need Carr to get hurt. So we need this offensive line to play well, which I have total confidence in. You hear me? Total confidence. Now, Ngakwe knows this defense. He understands the Ravens and how they play defense, and I'm sure that he could help the team, and he already has helped Gruden um, with this defensive scheme, I'm telling you. But I don't care about their team as much as I care about our team. This is a year that Gruden really needs to show some improvement. We need to bump it up. We can't just win nine games. we got to win ten games this year. And in this schedule, it is going to be a fight and we're going to have to give up a kidney and maybe part of a liver and who knows what else. But we're going to have to give it up if we want to make those 10 wins. But I think this team, the way it's structured, the youth, the way that the veterans are, we have a great opportunity to really blow some people's minds this year. It's not like the Raiders haven't done it before. We went all the way to a freaking Super Bowl with everyone saying we'd never make it. We lost four games in a row and went to the Super Bowl. Never happened. They're never going to make it. And look what happens. So the Raiders has a long history of telling all these people who think they know everything that they can cram it, literally. This is going to be a freaking dogfight. This is going to be a man game. Trust me. If you can't watch, you better make sure you watch it sometime. Because our opening game, I feel this team wants to get out there like a bunch of, you know, hungry bears. They want to get out there and do some feeding, if you know what I mean. So I'm taking the Raiders by three points, by a field goal. Not like I'm trying to be all brave, but I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a tough battle, um, tougher than people think grueling and I just hope we play up to our competition and beyond because I know we can beat them and if we beat the Ravens we're going to send a shockwave to the freaking Steelers and Browns that's a fact so this game has a lot more to it than just the Ravens if we because we got to play all these game all these teams all four of these teams this year this is our division this is our schedule we play the AFC North. What better way to show everybody what's up than to stack the Ravens on a Monday night in front of everybody? We're back, folks. The Raiders are back, and that's what I hope happens. You better hope so, too. I know you do. Nobody else does, though. Well, I don't really give a crap. And that is all I have to say about that. Dial it on your phone and give us a call. What do you think? What do you think about our team? What do you think about our secondary? What do you think about our defense? Give us a call. Tell us what you think. 
so you can be on the bone line. All right, who's the first on the show? And from Orange County behind the Orange Curtain, the Raider Disciple. He's in the house. I love this guy. What's happening, brother? Raider Greg and Randy and my brothers and sisters of the Raider Nation. Greetings. This is the Raider Disciple out here at the OC. Uh, just a couple things I want to touch on. First, I want to start off by saying congratulations to Charles Woodson and Coach Flores for being inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And also uh, Cliff Branch being a senior nominee, possibly going in next year. Well-deserved for all three. Uh, there's a lot I like to uh, uh, talk about. There's a lot I'm excited about and there's a lot that I'm worried about with this upcoming season. I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, I'm really looking at the secondary. And that young secondary looks like that they're going to be much improved and possibly turning the corner a little. I like the rotation of the defensive line, not to call a bunch of names, but we know who they are. I'm really concerned with our linebacking core. With Corey Littleton and Kwiatkowski, if those two go down and we just find Perriman, who's one play away from being out, we're in trouble. I think they really need to go out and make a push for KJ Wright. I don't give a damn what you got to give him. If we, if our defense shows up the way it did last year, our season's a wrap. Offensive side of the ball, of course, we know Jacobs. I'm excited about Kenyon. Uh, receiver core, I hope they step up this year. Darren Waller and the, and the tight ends, we already know where we got them. Offensive line, young, untested, other than Cognito, who's, again, another play for being out. If that goes under, Derek Carr's going to be running for his life. I said I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer, but it's just concerns of mine. And I was hoping on a big season, but it looks like they were hurting on depth. Hopefully they get this straightened out and bring a couple players in before we hit uh, Monday night. Matter of fact, I will be at the game. My wife and I will be at the game opening weekend uh, for the new stadium with fans in there. Uh, just to throw it out there, um, there's a couple pregame parties on Sunday, Sunday evening at the Rock and Roll Cafe and Sahara Hotel, uh, sponsored by Raider Cody and a few others. Um, uh, let's put some faces with the names that uh, – uh, I'm sorry, the faces with these voices I've been hearing for the last few years. Um, I'll be sporting in the honor of Charles Woodson, a 24 jersey, and my wife, being her maiden name is Flores, will be sporting a, uh, Coach Flores' jersey uh, when he played at uh, number 15. So anyways, guys, I'm really excited about what's going on this year, and um, I hope we have a great season. Um, all nervousness aside, uh, let's uh, put our hands together and pray for our team, send out good vibes. Uh, everybody, let's get together soon, and uh, I'll be calling me back later in the year. Go Raiders. First off, my good brother, long time. Good to hear your voice, and your energy is high, because I feel the same way. I mean, I don't know what everybody else is saying, and I'm sure you've heard them, but I don't give a crap, because I think they're full of crap. Um, good thing, man, you're going to that opener. How insane is that party? I'm jealous, bro. Wish I could go. I'd love to see you. Love to see you. And check that out. He's giving everybody a thing where to go. So get your ass there and buy this young man a drink and him and his wife. Because I have a Flores signed jersey. I'm going to get it framed here pretty soon. Um, so long story short, nice thing. I think our secondary is going to be improved. I think our defensive line, too, like I said, is going to be improved. Um, our linebackers, we got KJ right. That solves a lot of problems. We got another guy. Um, and so I'm feeling real positive about our defense, at least being able to hold up their end. And I think our offense will go forward, like I said, just like you said, on the offensive line, bro. It does matter, but I just have a feeling that our new draft pick, he is a mean guy. And I think through him this season, we're going to make some crazy running yards. Have a great time, man. I wish I could go and see it with you. Uh, Raider Randy will be there in his seats. So uh, maybe he can hook up with you at the party. I'm going to send him your way, bro. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is The Prez. And check him out. He's very positive. I like this guy because he always is. And he's a great Raider fan. What's happening, my brother? Raider Nation, 
This is the prayer. I'm going to be very brief and uh, to the point. A lot of people are panicking. It was just a drill. It was just a bunch of guys trying to make the practice squad against the first squad. Nothing to see, nothing to panic, nothing more. We'll find out what we made out of week one when everybody gets together and play on the field with our starters. Um, as you already heard, the superstar running back for the Ravens blew out, blew out his knee. So there you have it. No sense of putting in any good players for a meaningless game. We had a good time. Preseason is over. Let's just see what happens. Hopefully um, some interesting cuts will be made for some interesting people to come to fill in the spots that we need. That's pretty much all I have. It's late. Um, it's kind of a stormy night. Hope everybody have a good one. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, this is the prayers again. Salute to Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the land of Raider Nation. Want to do a better podcast this late at night. I didn't want to talk too loud and wake up everybody. But um, to reiterate, I see we were about to grant you some cuts. I look forward to the first game of the season for our Monday Night Football. Um, we got primetime games, and I hope we're now primed to take care of business. Hopefully we can get some good coaching and some good players to step up. Um, a little bit of a break, but I hate to celebrate somebody's sense for them having a misfortunate incident, and that will be the young man that's running back for the Ravens. Uh, he blew his knee out, as I mentioned earlier, and that's very sad. And these type of things happen. So um, I know a lot of folks wanted to see uh, my players out in the field for preseason, though, but for what? We know what they can do. We know what our starters can do. They're, uh, they've already proved what they can do, rather. Yeah, most times it's good to get them some reps and stuff like that. But we can't risk having injuries. Injuries is a bad, bad thing for preseason, and then get back to square one. So uh, with that being said, um, I am very happy that there's football coming up. Freddie Greg seems very pumped up and enthused, and I don't know what old Raider Randy is doing these days. Uh, he's the man behind the scenes. They're a very mysterious fellow there. <laughs> okay, I'm reaching. Uh, y'all have a good one, uh, Raider Nation. This is the Up and Perky Prayers. Looking forward to Monday Night Football. And my new area and location was um, nice to see Raiders coming back and watch the preseason game. Um, can I also say, man, that uh, it sucks how they always cut out games, even though it's a preseason bill, but they always find some kind of way screw us over, and I'm sick of it as well, but it is what it is. This is the prayer saying, take care. Well, hopefully we'll get together soon in Vegas and party like rock stars uh, because the Raider Nation is going to be there big time as we'll all see on that Monday night game. Trust me, they're going to have the, <laughs> there's going to be pictures of Raider fans everywhere. You go Raider Nation. This is our time. Get out there. Randy's going to throw in a couple of throwback phone calls from the past. We're going to check it out. It's interesting to hear uh, what was going on back then compared to what's going on right now. today's throwback segment we hear Raider Greg's intro to show number 478, the Buffalo at Raiders post-game show, recorded in December of 2016. The Raiders entered the game on a five-game win streak, and a record of 9-2. Buffalo went out to a 24-9 lead, and then the Raiders mounted their biggest comeback in 16 years, to win the game 38-24. Khalil Mack took over the game late creating two turnovers. We also hear three bone line calls from excited callers, looking forward to the Raiders' first playoff appearance in 13 years. Two games later, Derek Carr broke his leg. Got it from behind, he slips it. The, the ball's free. Who's got it? Khalil's got it again. And they stay there. And they stay there. 
Another strip sack to take the game to the Raiders. Well, Raider Nation, on a beautiful Sunday, the sun was shining, the Raiders' tailgates were off the chain, the Coliseum was electric in the parking lot. It just gets better and better. I got to tell you this for sure, the fans, we were ready for this contest. Boy, oh boy, I don't know if I was. I got to bring some extra Tums and blood pressure medicine because these guys, I'm, I'm going to call them the defibrillator. Raiders from now on because I need a defibrillator after one of these games. You know, thank goodness for Janikowski making his first three field goals because the, the score of nine, which was closely followed by a 24 to nine in the third quarter, the Raider Nation was stressing. I'm going to tell you, not hard, but we were stressing. Buffalo comes out and just blows the game open, and it was not quiet. It was dead quiet. I mean, you could hear a mouse in the back edge of the Coliseum because Buffalo really took control of that game. And it looked like not only were they going to win the game, they were going to smash the Raiders because the Raiders were flat. And it's not for me to say they were flat. It's obvious. NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, how the Raiders just weren't emotionally checked in for that game coming out of the tunnel. Defense struggled with the run. I mean, Shady McCoy was all over the place. And, of course, their quarterback was making it happen uh, with Sammy Watkins. It looked bleak, <laughs> to say the very least, with a, with a drop from Crabtree and, of course, Seth Roberts. We missed on two opportunities for touchdowns. You know, this team should have been 21 uh, points all the way up to that third quarter. However, that's not what happened, as you know. That was the most fun the most excitement I've had in that Coliseum in over a decade. It was epic. Everything that needed to happen happened when the Raiders had their back up against the wall. The Raiders, in the fourth quarter, once again, with their car insurance in hand, blow out the Bills to their dismay. Let me just say, the score <laughs> was insane at the end. I mean, really? I <laughs> can't even believe it. 38 to 24, final score. The Raiders throw up 18 points in the final quarter. Unanswered points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Derek Carr is our guest. I thought what was interesting, after they scored to go up 24 to 9, uh, the Coliseum didn't go to a hush quiet, but you could tell there was a sense of urgency. So let's begin on these 29 unanswered points and the fact that you were in the shotgun, as we talked about. You were going to start attacking downfield. The Crabtree touchdown, Latavius, Amari, when that all started coming together, you had the tempo back. It was explosive downfield. What did you see when you went four wide? And what was the big adjustment in the second half? Because Buffalo seemed to have you guys pinched in. They had the perfect uh, defensive game plan in the first half. How were you able to expose it midway through the third quarter and on? You know, in the first half, we felt that, you know, we had obviously nine points, but we felt that <clears throat> very easily we could have had, you know, 17, 20, 21 points. You know, you know that's just, you know, the way the game was going for us is, you know, we were, you know, we were making mistakes. We weren't, you know, clicking like we usually do. We had too many penalties, um, you know, that, that brought big plays back and things like that. So uh, we still believed and knew that we can move the ball. Um, we were moving the ball. We just were settling for field goals. So uh, we knew it would just be big to us to, you know, make sure that we finish with touchdowns. So, uh, the, really, our mindset was the same, but we just knew that hey, when we get down there, man, we gotta we gotta punch it in. So, I think the best really where you know I think we you know made the biggest difference was in the red zone. You know, and uh, you know obviously Coop's big play helped, but I think in the red zone uh, was where we really made the biggest stride on offense in the second half. I don't know about this team. I just know that we can play better and more consistent. But somehow, some way, somewhere, this team has no give up in it at all. Period. This is a highlight team with big plays, monster plays at the right time. They are turning into Captain Comeback. And again, as we continue to talk about this over the weeks, that's not good. You don't want to be in all these tight games because eventually you're going to lose one of the games. Uh, Derek Carr is the first player in NFL history 
with five game-winning touchdown passes in the fourth quarter or overtime in a single season. Are you kidding me? Not Brett Favre. We're not talking about Peyton Manning. We're not talking about Tom Brady. So this is why I believe that Derek Carr is now in first place, which I didn't have him in first place last week in the MVP race. The defense in that fourth quarter, where did these guys come from? Because they shut down the Buffalo Bills in every aspect of the game. For as much credit as you and the offense are getting, I think the defense arguably deserves more for all those three and outs. You're on this epic run offensively. Your defense goes out, completely makes adjustments, and they keep flipping it three and out, three and out, three and out. How much credit do they deserve for that epic second half and helping you get back in this game? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I honestly, uh, you know, they they deserve all the credit. Obviously, we have to score some points and help them out, but the, you know, they didn't let them score. You know, they, you know, they gave us a fighting chance. You know, they're the ones that put us in position to go get a win. So uh, they they deserve all the credit. I said that it's funny. I was just talking about that. I, I said, you know, for as much credit as our offense gets, and uh, you know, as as much blame as some people try and put on our defense, man, they won the game for us yesterday. So uh, you know, I'm glad that we we're able to talk about that because you know, our defense. You really look at it. When we need plays, they make the plays. And so there's no doubt in our locker room uh, that they're a great defense and that we believe in them. All right, walk us through pregame and the decision with the equipment staff and the coaches and yourself, the trainers on the pinky, and how you wanted to stabilize it going into the game. Yeah, you know, I wanted to do the, the safest thing, the most, uh, <clears throat> you know, precautionary thing. But at the same time, I want to do, the, you know, something that was, uh, you know, going to be more natural for me. You know, I didn't really, you know, I, I, I liked putting the glove on last week because of obvious reasons, you know, <laughs> I had to. And, uh, you know, this week was, you know, if I can, you know, kind of deal with it and just kind of, you know, get over, you know, some of the stuff that I just wanted to throw naturally. So uh, they felt good about it. I felt good about it. And, uh, you know, that's just what we went with. So you were happy being in the shotgun more. That helped out not only the finger, but with the game plan. Did it work or hinder you in the game plan initially against Buffalo? Yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought we were still able to run the ball. I thought our play-action series was still open. And so, uh, you know, I, I love it. You know, obviously I spent my whole, <clears throat> you know, last two years in the shotgun. You know, so, I, you know, I, I was I was back home back there. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it at all. Usually you worry about it. You know, is it going to affect the play-actions? Is it going to affect the run game? And I don't think it did at all. Tyrod Taylor had nowhere to run, and he certainly had nowhere to hide with two turnovers. <laughs> Once the Raiders got the lead on him, Tyrod Taylor is just not built to come back. One Mac hit his hand. Uh, Nelson got it for an interception. And then the other one, Mac hit, sacked, got the ball again. I'm looking at Defensive Player of the Year right there, folks. Maybe even the MVP for Khalil Mack attack. This team, they play their best when it's time to play their best. And that, that leads me to Khalil Mack, who is just <laughs> – wow. well, where do you yeah. start with him, Bonte, what, what he did yesterday? I mean, I it's mean, just – you're expecting it every game, aren't you? We're expecting it every game the, the, to hit Tyrod Taylor's hand, to force the interception that Nate, Lapp, Nate Allen had. Then you go in there and pound it in from 16 yards out. Uh, I mean, the guy's a special, special player. Now you're, you're really thinking, like, wow, did Houston really pass up Mack for Clowney? Because Clowney didn't even make the trip to Green Bay. Yeah, he Clowney's can't stay on the player. field. He's Clowney's a good, a good player, player, but he can't stay on the field. Yeah. This guy, Khalil Mack, man, I, I mean, whose award is it now? He has to be right now the defensive, defensive player, player of the year. Of the year? Well, how about, how about MVP? MVP. Defensive MVP. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm saying MVP. Overall. MVP. Wow. MVP. Wow. You're getting I don't like know. the black hole, huh? I, I mean, MVP, quarterbacks, huh? it's it's hard for a, for a, a defensive player to win this award. Yeah. But the way he's playing, and, you know, he dropped into coverage a lot yesterday. Early in the game, they were buzzing him out. And, you know, Buffalo had the matchups they wanted. They got shady on a linebacker. They didn't care if it was Malcolm or Perry Riley Jr. or Khalil, you know, dropping out. He didn't rush the same volume of his snaps, but – uh, one thing Coach Flores pointed out, and he's exactly right, he gets more powerful as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Where I, I think early in the game, uh, you know, they go at him a little bit. He slanted down on Tyrod Taylor's pull option, re-touchdown. He kind of took the cheese. But later in the game, and offensive linemen start to wear down a little bit, and he figures them out, and he's he just starts to take the game over. And it wasn't just the tip ball with Nate's pick. There was a play right before that on a third down when Tyrod was trying to get it out to Nick O'Leary, their tight end, to his right, and Khalil got his arm on that one. So what I love about him is, like Vaughn Miller, 
He's not necessarily going for the sack. He's going for the ball. Yeah. You want the ball. Mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller doesn't tackle the quarterback. He tackles the football. He will speed bag the ball out of your hands. And Khalil, when they stretch out and they put it right there, and he's rushing from their front side. You know, you, you like yeah. your premier guy to be from the blind side, but the blind side guy's got to loop that a little bit. Where Khalil is, uh, is perfecting it, he's doing it more with power. Uh, he just hijacked Jordan Mills and pushed him right back into Taylor's lap, and then he got him on the elbow to, you know, impact the, the pass, and the ball fluttered, and they got a punt. And then on the next time, he got the back of the football, which is, you know, to be able to hit that ball and make it go straight up in the air like a punt, and the defense has got to take that ball, and Nate was all over it. And then at the end of the game, even though they were down a couple of touchdowns, they're starting to get, you know, deep into Raider territory. He does it again with the strip sack. So uh, he is just taking over again. It'll be hard for him to win the MVP, right. obviously. And I don't want to split votes between the quarterback and the uh, outside linebacker, the rush end. They're both Raiders. We're not going to get into that. But uh, he's just – and Coach Flores is right. You know, Derek gets all the fourth-quarter stats. But what, what Khalil is doing in the fourth quarters of games against Cam and then yesterday against Tyrod Taylor – he knows when it's time to go, yeah. and he goes when they got to have him go, and he takes the game. There was only one small moment when the Raider Nation was quiet in the third quarter, and that was about it. Because after that, you could hear us probably in San Francisco. It was so crazy loud in the Coliseum. I mean, it was amazingly, crazingly loud. Derek Carr's our guest. What did you sense from the crowd and your teammates once this comeback began? Oh, it, it completely flipped. When the crowd uh, you know, is behind us, when the crowd is rocking, uh, it makes it extremely difficult for uh, you know, opposing uh, you know, offenses. And it, makes it, you know, it puts a little pressure on the defense, too, you know, on their defense, because you know, if we hit a big play or we get a big run, you know, our crowd goes crazy. That, 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 you know, that's a little stressful as well. So um, I, I thought our crowd was amazing. And like you said, it was never... It was never dead silent, but you could tell there was a sense of urgency. So they were just waiting and expecting, you know, something good to happen. And, you know, when it did, you know, that I knew that as soon as that, you know, quote-unquote balloon was popped, you know, it was just going to keep going crazy the whole game. Well, you'll love this. I'm sitting with the legends during the game, and it was Atkinson, Bolitnikoff, Casper, Willie Brown, and this is developing with the owner. And as this comeback is coming, these great players that you looked up to were roaring on their feet and the fans below were going crazy. I really think, and we've talked about this, Derek, a bunch this year, you're having all these emotional moments, captain comeback, all your individual achievements. But the fact that you're feeling the energy coming from this fan base and the roar of the crowd, but still locking in, it's interesting for you. You can feel it and sense it, but you got to go out there and make another play to try to win this game late. (laughs) That's right. You know, uh, it definitely takes a uh, you know a lot of focus uh, and those things and a lot of deep breaths you know to make sure that we still you know execute at a high level. But uh, you can definitely feel the energy in the stadium. You know the our, our fans here in Oakland are amazing. They're they're, they're absolutely amazing. I love them to death. And uh, you know especially all the people that fly out to our games. You know there's a you know I know there's a, a mass of people that fly from LA to our games. You know that are Raider Nation fans. So like I said, Raider Nation is everywhere. And when 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 Sundays come uh, in, in the black hole. Uh, you know, there's nothing like it. And, and like you said, you you could feel the energy. You could feel it. And so uh, when, Raider, when Raider Nation is going, I, I told you, man, there's nothing like it. The 12th man was in the house. I know we caused at least two false starts on their team. It was beautiful. The fans were on fire. All right, our first caller needs no introduction. From Connecticut, it's just when Johnny, he's in the house. What's up, brother? I love that handle. What is up, Raider Nation? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is just when Johnny calling from Connecticut. After this glorious victory, I may sound a little different because of my uh, usual third quarter stroke. My half my face is paralyzed every third quarter, but by any means, they finally put the foot on the throat. 29 unanswered points. 29 unanswered points. They finally did it. This game was so scary in the beginning, but as it went on, you know, the third quarter hump that we have to get over, they just hammered it. Hammered it. Khalil Mack beasted. Amazing. I can't even – I'm so excited. I I live just outside of Giant Country and Patriot, Cheatriot Nation – whatever they want to call themselves, we're the only nation. 
and I've been hearing it for years, years from these people. And oh, I went when I was in college. I lived in the heart of Patriot Country, right outside of um, Massachusetts, the Tuck Rule game, in a bar loaded with Patriot fans. I want revenge. Woo! We need to do this. Raider Nation, just when Johnny, out. Yeah, baby. When when the Raiders started to turn the table, and trust me, they turned it completely, and the fans went nuts, and the team went nuts, so did the, the Ryan brothers. They went nuts on each other. <laughs> I kept looking with my binoculars, watching them squabble over this piece of paper. It was classic. I wish I could have got a video of it. It was beautiful, man. What a way to win a game and crush the enemy at the very end. You know, they were all blown out. The whole bench was very, very upset. I love it. I love these victories at home when you can look at the opposing team and see them deflated. I love it. And our next caller is in the seat of hatred for the Raiders. This is Raider Ed. He's in New England. I can't wait till we go there. Or they can come to our house, actually. But uh, we're going to play the Patriot Rats one way or another. What is up, my brother? This is Raider Ed calling from New England. Just finished watching the Bills and the Raiders game. Very, very excited about the outcome. I liked it, the fact that our defense didn't wait to the fourth quarter. Granted, it was the third quarter, which is even better. I'm hoping for them to start putting a complete game. I go way back since I was 10 years old as a Raider. I ended up getting a couple of my uh, buddies coming by. They're Patriots fans. They were trying to rain on our parade, but that didn't happen. Then my son stopped by, Raider Isaiah, to check out the big victory six in a row. Um, like I was mentioning, I've been seeing, I've been following the Raiders since I was uh, 10 years old. Remember the uh, the Kenny King up the sideline touchdown. Remember the Redskins. Uh, Raid, uh, Super Bowl 15, I did not um, watch, but the other two, I was grateful. So now I want to win one with my son. My son hasn't gotten a a victory yet. He did go to the uh, to the black hole last last year against the Jets. And also, too, Raider uh, Greg, I ended up uh, picking up a couple of books to try to get more history on the Raiders. I'm currently reading uh, Cruising with the Tools, and I picked up the Snake, uh, the snake book, uh, the great Ken Stabler. So excited. I'm looking forward to meeting those Patriots. And uh, New Year, it's our time, baby. And thank you for this podcast, uh, Raider Andy and Raider Greg. Um, without this podcast, you know, I would never get my fix. God bless you all. Go Raiders. Silver and black for life, baby. Thank you, brother. Can you imagine being in a bar in in New England, in Massachusetts, checking out the Raiders and having all these Patriot bandwagon fans because their bandwagon's been full, so full that they've thrown a couple new wagons in just for the extra bodies. That's not going to be that way forever. And the fact that they were boo-hoo in the Raiders... I love it because I can't wait till we go there and kick their rear end. And your son, as a Raider fan, it's a great time for him to be excited about our team, for sure. Another good book, uh, if you guys want to pick it up, it's called The Good Guys. That's another great book. Some awesome pictures. If you can find it anywhere, uh, it's well worth getting because uh, just the photos are epic. I have that one as well. That's a great book. I appreciate the props, bro. We try to bring the Raider Nation some news. I don't know. I know I started this podcast because I was sick of listening to these boneheads talk about our team. And I had to get out there as a fan to be a fan for the fans. Thanks for the props, bro. We'll see you soon. I think we're coming. I love it. Our next caller is Raider Joe Cool. From Whittier, California. I'm familiar with Whittier. I'm down there in, in uh, Pico Rivera. Uh, trust me, I'm I'm in tune with the Whittier area. <laughs> trust me. What is up, 502? 
What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Raider Joe Cool 562 from City of Whittier. I'm so happy. I'm so stoked with our Raiders. I remember the days were good back then when if the Raiders lost and Dallas lost and San Diego lost, and it was a good day. But now I don't care about those little teams. It's all about the Raiders. I'm excited. I love Derek Carr, a born leader. Love him, love him, love him. And we're going to go all the way. And it might be, it might even be a Oakland-Dallas Super Bowl. And if it is, ooh, man, I'm just, oh. If that, if, please, please. Jesus, you've been blessing us with the Raiders so far. If you can make that happen. Woo! All right. Raider Nation, I'm out. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, it would be nice to see the Super Bowl for sure. I don't know who's going to be there. Could be Dallas. Could be other teams as well. But I know this. We have to play one game at a time. I would love to see us beat. I, to me, honestly, if we play New England and beat them, that would be a very good season for this Raider fan. Although I'd like to see us go to the Super Bowl as well. We got to look at Kansas City. Each game, stacking wins like the coach says. Thank you for the props. Let's get this done. All right, Raider Nation. This is Raider Greg. Man, I'm telling you, our team is ready for this game and this season. Watch out because we're going to surprise a lot of folks. Get, be, get ready. Be wearing your stuff, man, because I'm telling you. We are better than people think. And that is it. I am Redder Greg, and I am out.